The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. It was a show that I was waiting for since the late days of summer, and um, I kept on telling my friend, Brian King Jackson, that um, I wanted to have him on my show right after Labor Day, and here he is, and he's the assistant editor for Technorati, and we're going to talk a lot today, a lot today, about why digital journalists, online journalists, are so important when considering how to get your messages out, and um, why publicists or marketing people should really keep people like Brian top of mind when they're thinking about getting their stories out. Out there, um, media has changed. It's no longer getting a story out and waiting a couple of days and um, hoping that somebody in the traditional press will cover the story um, their way and on their timeline. Digital news has made events immediate. Um, news travels like wildfire, and I have to say that Brian Kane Jackson is one person you gotta know who really can help you get any kind of message out there. How's that for an intro? That is that is an absolutely excellent intro. If I could get that like before every story posts on the internet, then I would be sure to get, you know, a million a million readers per post. But you do. I mean, well, let's not underestimate the power of Technorati. I mean, Technorati is known for attracting 6 million-plus readers, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've made some phenomenal, phenomenal headway over the last year and a half, and it's been – we have a great editorial team. We have the, some of the best writers on the net. I would, I would pit our writers against those of any other major publication online any day of the week. Uh, that's, and, I, and it's really true. Whenever you cover a story – you know, I can't believe the detail that you go into. And online digital reporting really gives you a lot more flexibility because you're not as limited by paper real estate or time real estate. Um, you know, sure, you don't want to make a story too long because, you know, then you'll lose people's attention. But you have a lot more leeway in terms of time and space. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that that. That is one of the best things about online reporting. And really, you know, since I'm sure you know, a lot of my, a lot of my stories do tend to be on the uh, longer side. But one of my primary concerns in each and every single story is that we're keeping the attention. We're making it fun and interesting and accessible to each and every single person. You know, Technorati is known 
mainly for its tech and social media. You know, I am not a tech and social media writer specifically, but I do cover that, you know, those grounds as well as business. But it's a fine line really, because you want anyone to be able to read this and feel that they've walked away from something and not to feel that they have read something they totally don't understand or something that they feel shortchanged on. Well, you know, this kind of made me feel uh, inferior. I think everyone should really leave material feeling as though they've gained something from it, something they didn't already know prior to reading that story, some form of enlightenment. And that's that's what I'm always searching for at the end, at the core of, of every story that I do. Yeah, but here's what you bring to Technorati. And this, this happens to a lot of um, publications that start out as special interest, I mean, you're you're bringing a wider audience to Technorati because you're finding a way to cover stories that go above and beyond social media and technology. I mean, you know, you're bringing this human interest element to the publication, so that brings them so many more readers. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that uh, we have a lot of writers who do um, incredible jobs with op-ed stories, and we're starting to see more offers flood in for interviews. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly getting attention. I, I really, truly believe that in many respects, uh, you know, this year, pivotal points not only in my career as a journalist, but also for the website, is having our first Black History Month in February, was was very crucial. I think that that really helped put us on the map, particularly with the talent that we were able to get, um, both regional talent and you know world-renowned talent. Um, and then also, you know, uh, doing that wonderful story that I I was you know really really blessed with the opportunity to do on Macy Gray in, in late June and early July. That was amazing. I, you know, it was funny. I remember that you were talking to me about how you had to get an interview with her. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you did. You did. Yeah. I mean, you figured out a way. I mean, you know, you kind of pick your target and then sometimes you hit some obstacles, but you know, you always managed to find a way and it was a great interview. It was really really great. You know, she really really opened up in in a way that I was kind of conditioned by others to to expect her not to, but she did, and she was a lot of fun. She has a great sense of humor and a great spirit about her, and she's extremely underrated. Oh, well, you did a great, again, it, compliments go to you. The reason why um, a subject or a celebrity or a personality is going to open up with you rather than with other journalists is because you make this connection that other journalists don't, you know, you know, don't make the effort to do. I mean, you have a passion and a heart about you and immediately um, people feel comfortable with you and trust you and then they see what you write and they trust you even more. So, you know, that is going to keep the good karma coming your way. And when you're looking for other public figures to quote, in a story, um, and even if you can't get them right away because a particular publicist might be a roadblock, you know, you'll get past it eventually. Um, you know, if you're doing a story about sci-fi 
series on TV or in movies. I mean, eventually you'll find another way to get to the people that you want to speak to, even though you're dealing with some, you know, roadblocks initially. And I think you're learning that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's, it's really, really, to be honest with you, it's really very disappointing to see that uh, a lot of online journalists are still seeing roadblocks, particularly, like you said, um, in, in a time where media is changing. And uh, even though there aren't those deadlines for print, there is a deadline to strike while the iron is hot, so to speak. Um, when a topic, when, when news hits online, it could be live in seconds. And it's, it's really a race for all online journalists involved to really try to cover that and to cover it from as different an angle as the next 999 journalists, 999 plus journalists that are online. And I think that with that immense amount of coverage and the fact that online journalism tends to be in nature a little bit more op-ed than what is seen in the newspapers, uh, you would think that there would be a little bit more openness on the part of uh, of um, publicists when it comes to getting their clients' coverage on these websites by these journalists. Um, by by me. <laughs> yeah, no, I it, you know, I it's it's really I I don't understand it and there's no listen, what a publicist is doing um a publicist is doing their job if they might suggest that their clients don't speak to a reporter that is exploitive, that is negative, that you know, will only do harm to their client. I understand that. I mean, you know, when I was, you know, at Playboy Enterprises and after that, if I knew that a journalist wasn't going to do any good um, from constant testing and, you know, experience, then it would be suicide if I put that subject in that particular situation. But that's not the case with online journalists. I think that there's this preconceived notion, particularly from the traditional publicist standpoint and old school publicists, that if you're an online journalist, you're bad and that you're seeking to exploit. And, um, you know, that really is a notion that has to be changed very, very quickly because, it could an online journalist if it's the right one and the proper research is conducted um it could be so much better for your client than just a traditional mention absolutely absolutely and you know um i i don't i i don't make it a tendency to knock what the next person is doing but you know when you have gossip blogs and when you have gossip bloggers as big as uh Perez Hilton um, you know that really look for every opportunity to take a quote and put it into a situation where it's taken out of context that really doesn't help out the rest of the industry as it continues to grow online um, it it really does kind of Paint us, you know, because it is um, an online journalist is, is automatically considered to many of you know, you know what you call the old school publicists 
um, to be bloggers. And not that bloggers are bad, because I, too, am also a blogger. But I think when... <laughs> When you have blogs and bloggers as big as Perez Hilton who are looking for the hits, that are looking for the traffic, that are looking for the financial end of it and looking for the gossip and, and like you said, the exploitation, this truly doesn't help help us out. I think that it's important um, for honest journalists, regardless of the publication that they work for, honest journalists to get through be able to get through to these old school publicists in, in, in terms of their thinking. And really, it's not about the amount of traffic the website gets. Because I've been told that our, our six to six and a half million viewers is not, an, or, excuse me, readers is not enough. Um, really, it's about your client. Your client has fans. Your client has a base. Your client is established. Your client has been around for 30 plus years. People are going to follow your client, and that, if they like the interview with that client, which in most cases I believe they will, if it's an honest attempt at an interview and not exploitation, which most of the time it's not going to be, that's, that's not as common a case, then they're going to follow that, and it's going to open them up to that publication, and that's ultimately what we, the editors and the writers of these publications, want. We, we do want more eyes, but what we want at Technorati, what I want, is I want us to have establish a reputation for being a source that publicists, um, public figures, and readers alike, everyone, can go to for an uneditorialized interview with comments and quotes and conversation that is not going to be put into a situation where it's flipped on its side to exploit the, the interviewee. We want that person to be able to come back to us. We want, that, we want to be able to talk to that person in the future. We're not looking to alienate anybody. We really want to, if anything, glorify these people that we're trying to get. And you, you know? do that really well. Well, listen, Brian, we're going to have to take a quick commercial break, but you have three more segments to to elaborate and expound. I'm so thrilled to have you, Mr. Assistant Editor of Technorati um, and Friend, and we'll talk more about this after these commercials. Thank you. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. 
Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're talking to the assistant editor of Technorati, and his name is Brian Kane Jackson. And um, Brian, I, um, you gave a very articulate explanation as to why people, publicists, should be very, very aware of um, opportunities to speak with online journalists, digital journalists like yourself. And um, I encourage people to go back and listen to the first segment if they're just tuning in now because you explain it um, very articulately. And, um, you know, listen, I know that your subjects are probably very, very happy too after, you know, you've covered them with such in-depth care. Um, and attention to detail and picking up on things that other reporters wouldn't pick up on, I'm sure they're very appreciative. I hope so. I really hope so. And, you know, I've gotten feedback from, from many and then, um, on, and then from others. I, I haven't. But I realize it's, it's kind of, particularly when you get into celebrity interviews, particularly when you get into, um, you know, high profile individuals, uh, it's kind of a, an automatic byproduct to not read <laughs> what is written about you. Um, I know that, particularly, uh, admittedly, with you know, because I used to do stage acting, you know, and when there have been videos of of, uh, of plays that I've done or reviews about my performances or reviews about the place that I've been in. I haven't read them. I haven't watched them. Our, our radio show <laughs> that we did back in June, Sydney, I haven't listened to. I, I kind of funny thing I have about uh, not listening to or, or watching myself. That's just a, uh, a Brianism, I guess. But It's a Brianism. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, I don't listen to myself when I do interviews either, so it's all okay. I understand. <laughs> I did an interesting uh, nine-minute segment with Wanda Sykes a couple of months back, and um, people have emailed me and, and called me up and, and so forth and told me that it was hilarious. And I have, and, and they're, they're saying, you should see her facial expressions. They're great. Have you watched it? And I said, I, you know, I was on the phone with her i didn't see her so they sent me the final product she could hear me and we could see and hear her but you know i'm just kind of a disembodied voice on the phone and um i i haven't watched it so to i digress though um there are many like i don't believe macy read either of the two stories that i i wrote about her um i uh the first, the first being the phone interview, and then the second being the face-to-face, where I was kind of, you know, observing her and her crew do their thing, which was completely awesome because it's not every day someone gets to meet their teenage crush. Uh, ah! <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I hope she read them, and I hope she enjoyed them, and I, and I hope that she found. Um, that our intentions, my intentions in particular, were to be honest and and kind and not bash because you know she hasn't always gotten you know the best press in the past and um 
I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's always two sides to a coin, and um, to focus on the bad side is not really necessarily always the most desirable thing. Although it's uh, sensationalization worthy, for lack of a better word, and and that's not what we're what we're really looking to do. We're looking to have real conversations um, with these people because they are real people, you know. And I think that it appeals to the vast public to see that these people are, are, are these celebrities, these, these high-profile individuals that are constantly having cameras in their faces and microphones and spotlights in their faces, that they have interests, that they watch TV too, that they put their pants on one leg at a time. I think oftentimes we disassociate ourselves because they're so much in the public eye. And I think when when we sit down and we read a story about someone that we revere or that we look upon with high esteem, it really, really brings us closer to them. And I, it's, it's better for, the, it's better for the, the celebrity. Wouldn't you agree? It no, is. absolutely. I, you know, listen, I think that you said it really well. They put their pants on, you know, one leg at a time. That's, you know, a beautiful statement. I mean, it's like, you know, people always ask me, you know, about the times where I was, you know, swimming with celebrities, you know, maybe drowning with them, but swimming with them every day. And, um, you know, it's, you know, they put their pants on one leg at a time and it's, you know, they really appreciate people being normal around them, for lack of a better word, and being real and being human um, because sometimes they sense, the celebrity senses, that people feel uncomfortable around them and they don't want to be you know, a part of that discomfort. They just want to be regular people and, you know, eat hamburgers when they want to. <laughs> and be able to go in public without being mobbed. You know, that's uh, that's something that I wouldn't be able to, you know, imagine. But I think that's what our stories do. And uh, I think there are a lot more journalists out there who are interested in having, you know, real conversations. I mean, uh you know, I think the conversation I had with, with Macy, again, you know, not to go back to Macy, but that was a fine example of how that just became an average phone conversation between two people. Um, we talked about po- poker and parenting, and, um, you know, we didn't spend time talking about, um, too much time talking about movies and music. You know, these are parts of her life. But what about the other side? Um, the other side is important, and I think that because online offers its journalists so much freedom, again, with not being over, overly editorialized, there is time there to capture that other side. For where is in a newspaper, you're limited to space and print, and uh, there's no guarantee that you'll make the front page. You know, almost no guarantee. I mean, there's no guarantee online either, but you have a better shot. There's well, certainly also, more real estate as well. There's more real estate. It also has multiple platform potential, whereas in print, you might or may not be, you know, as as vertically able. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or I should say as horizontally able to, you know, connect with so many other links and so many other related stories. You know, That's very well said. Very you know, well. it's, um, you know, I, I think I, I said that, yeah, horizontal is really um, a good word for online because you could go across so many vast, you know, areas of interest and then have the ability to vertically connect to special interest areas across the board. Um, and when you're online first, you're all, and you already have the six million people attracted to your URL or technorati.com, you are already predisposed to hitting these vast other areas of related topics. When it goes into traditional media first, sure, they have their online versions, okay, but it might not spread as rapidly as the as when you establish the first hit online. Right, right. I mean, within seconds, you could be your story could be tweeted forty five different times and show up on seventy different news feeds and, and just go on from there. I mean, the possibilities are limitless in terms of how many eyes can see this from all over the world, not just from a specific region. Um, I was really fascinated to learn recently that I have quite a following in, in the UK in terms of people who who are, who read my story, and that's just um, that's just data collected from AdSense. Um, I was really fascinated by that because I'm not surprised. I've... I mean, you know, you might have you know readers in China fall. You know, if, right. I mean, if you're right. not censored there, but you're really not saying anything that the Chinese would be concerned about censoring. <laughs> no, well, there was one thing last year, but <laughs> not anything this year. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, listen, if it, you know, the Chinese censor a lot, so they do. They do. They I do. Mean, in fact, that's actually what it was about. <laughs> no, I mean, of course. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to say, I mean, that's the only thing. If it's applicable and if it, you know, the people, they'll allow their people to read it. But if it's something they don't want their people to read, they're not going to read it. So, I mean, but I'm sure that you have your fans there anyway for the things that they allow to go through the Internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, well, I mean, listen, in summary, that's why... You know, I just want to say that publicists like myself, you know, are thinking about you with all different kinds of stories. And I am going to talk to you later today about that story that we were talking about offline, because I think that if if you were to report it, the world will follow it. It doesn't it doesn't disclude other journalists from picking up on a very hot story. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love uh, the opportunity to help reveal a truth to the public. Um, you know, that's what the duty of every journalist should be, whether online, print, or otherwise, um, is to reveal the truth and let the truth, you know, work within the confines of the truth. Obviously, that's where the where the challenge kind of comes in for many 
um, many feel that they have to stretch the truth to make it a little bit more interesting to each his own. I don't knock that. Yeah, well, but sometimes, you know, the truth is the truth and a light just needs to be shed on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I totally agree with that. And I, yeah. I love shining that light on it as well. Um, especially, again, if it goes back to what it is I'm trying to achieve with every story, you know, uh, which is to, you know, enlighten and educate um, and entertain at the same time that I'm being enlightened, educated, and entertained at the same time. And, and you know, and, and my approach when it comes to interviews is is what I'm starting to learn is, is kind of unconventional from the standpoint that I don't do a lot of research on the individual. Um, if I already know who they are, then I won't, you know, I won't have to. But if I don't know who they are, I do enough to know the basics on the person. But really, in all actuality, I'll get far more from the conversation that we're having versus any bio or read-up that I'll find on a website or Wikipedia or Facebook or, or however it is, you know, or no, wherever it is they're at. It's um, it's a matter of you getting to talk to the person, understood. Well, listen, we have to take another commercial break, Brian, but you're doing a great job, and I'm hoping that everybody checks you out, you know, on technorati.com. Um, I mean, again, Brian Kane Jackson, take a look at his writings. I, it, they're unbelievable, and he's an unbelievable, passionate, wonderful person, and we'll have more with him in the next two segments, so don't go away. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're talking about digital journalism and we're talking about how um, getting out messages has changed very, very much today. And we're talking about how um, online journalism is not necessarily the bad guy, which is really kind of an annoying preconceived notion, isn't it, Brian? It's extremely annoying. I can't tell you how, um, how much 
this has become when I'm when I'm pitching to a publicist, particularly at a larger um, publicity firm. Um, and, and that's the thing, too. You would actually expect a larger publicity firm to be a little bit more open-minded. But, you know, I'm, I'm not, admittedly, I'm not an Entertainment Weekly or a USA Today. And um, I, even though I am not, um, I can do every bit as good. Um, they have great writers. I do feel that they, because of the publications that they're a part of, they're obviously editorialized. Uh, a, a lot more than than I am or than other on online journalists are, um, but you know it, it's become a big numbers game. You know when I'm I'm trying to pitch for someone like I'm I'm very close to hitting my 200th article, and I would really very much like to get a high profile name for that. Uh, you know, uh, your niece was was wonderful enough to swoop down to the rescue for me for my 100th. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually the first project we worked on together, which was which was grand. It was with the uh, inimitable Damien Bashir, who's becoming very big, and he just worked with Oliver Stone and Savage. Um, he, who's a phenomenal interview. Um, but, oh, uh, you know, you look at your two hundred. Maybe your two hundredth will be a topic rather than a celebrity. Yeah, maybe I'm you're, open to that. I'm you know, maybe that. your 200th will be, you know, something that's very different than you had covered in the past. Um, I'm you open know, to that. you never know. But I'm, um, I'm how open many, to any possibilities. How many are you at now? I know you're near 200. But. As of this morning, I mean, let's see. In the last two hours, I've talked with Christy Yamaguchi and I've published two more stories. So I am at, um, I have it right here, actually. I think it's 188. You're yeah, you're almost there. I'm you know? almost there, and if I keep you're, going, you're really this almost day, there. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, well, you know, the 200th story can be a lot of things. It could also be um, a consortium of things, of you know, the things that you've learned when you've spoken to different people, or you know, reporting, reporting post 200. You know, and what it's like, you know, as you reflect upon your experience of the first 200. So there's so many things that can be done um, that doesn't necessarily have to have the pressure, although I admire your tenacity, (laughs) you know, to get that, you know, that big celebrity. Sometimes it's in abundance, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you, you know, you enjoy it so much. I mean, you know, you enjoy it so much. One thing I want to say to publicists out there, since a lot of publicists listen to this show, is that, you know, okay, so you're working with a big PR firm, okay? And you're, you're a young publicist and you're learning from your mentors that don't bother with journalists that you know, nobody knows. Okay. I mean, fine. Let's just focus on, you know, um, you know, the New York Times or let's just focus on, you know, journalists that have established names or, or press institutions that have established names. One thing I want to say, and I say this from 30 years of experience that's really important is you never know where that digital journalist is going to end up. Okay. The digital journalists that you are snubbing today might be at the LA Times, okay, tomorrow, or, you know, um, you know, or USA Today tomorrow, or, you know, MSNBC tomorrow. 
And I've seen that happen so many trillions of times. And um, boy, am I happy that I was always nice to that journalist when he was just the rookie reporter at the St. John's University newsletter. That is so, so, so true. And I got to say to all of the publicists that have snubbed me and that have snubbed me more than once, because <laughs> it's such a small world, I think I've been snubbed by the same people at least six times each. Uh, I'm not a vindictive person. But I don't forget either. <laughs> but but I'll look forward to working with each and every single one of you at some point in my career. <laughs> no, I mean it's like it's it's really it's unbelievable how many times I've seen that. I mean the you know the person that I'm talking about in particular, his name is Scott Donatin. He is such a well-known. Um, advertising executive these days, but he contacted me while I was at Playboy when we did the Girls of the Big East and St. John's University was a Big East conference call. And he never thought in a million years that, you know, Playboy's publicist was going to return the call from, you know, a reporter with the St. John's University newspaper, you know, when he was a kid. And then he became you know, the editorial chief for advertising age for years. And then he went on Entertainment Weekly, and now he's a big advertising exec. So case in point. (laughs) It's it's just so crucial to develop these partnerships. I love these partnerships. You know, I have, um, I mean, I have you, I have your niece, uh, a barrage of other people in Los Angeles and, and in New York that, you know, if I ever decided to just get in my car and drive, I could go to either one of these places and I wouldn't be alone. It's it's amazing. Um, you know, I've I've made a really strong sense of family, you know, in, in these connections, which uh, which I must say to to those who are listening who might not be familiar with, with the industry as as much as I've gotten to be in in just a short time, I still have a lot to learn. But it, it, it's not the stereotypical every man for himself. I, I've gotten a lot of support and a lot of help, and I and I definitely wouldn't have been able to achieve what it is I, I have achieved if it weren't for all of that support from you know people like Cindy and you know you, you Cindy and and, and Rachel and. Um, you know, people at 5W in New York, and I mean, the list goes on. I mean, if I name all the people who have helped me achieve, we'll be talking for the rest of the show about that. Again, but but they're, they're your sources, and they will do anything they can to help you out because, you know, it's a reciprocal relationship, and pushing it forward is really, you know, something that can't be, you know, can't be ignored. You know, in any kind of business, I, you know, you know that I'm a member of Provisors. Yeah. I talk to you about it a lot. The whole thing is pushing it forward. I mean, you know, you do for others and you're going to get, you know, a lot of press for yourself just by, you know, doing things that are simple for others. And isn't that humanistic anyways? It is. It really, <laughs> really, really is. And, you know, to, to further, for, to further expound on that, developing press for myself um it's it's very crucial for these publicists who are hesitant to working with online journalists online journalists are establishing a brand 
you know. And it's a brand that each and every single one of them is going to want to treat with the utmost and absolute care so that they can continue to get credible sources and, and develop these extremely important partnerships. And I think that it should be equally as important for the publicist who's always looking to further establish their brand. Um, I, you know, I, I was told recently that I'm one of the only writers that will actually mention the publicist in a story, and I think it's important to, to uh, acknowledge these sources and uh, to help them establish their brand, because as you said, it is a reciprocal relationship. It really, really is. I mean, it's, you know, you help each other out. It's any kind of business. I mean, you know, it's, and why is that so hard? <laughs> why is it? Why is I mean, it? Seriously, why is it so hard? I don't understand. I mean, it's, there will always, unfortunately, be people who make things a little bit more complicated than they have to. The way that I feel about it is, is if you have a client who is successful, who's been around for a long time, and, and I told you, I'm not going to mention any names, but I told you who it was recently that I was trying to get and that her publicist was not very nice at all and has snubbed me um, many, many, many times. But this woman is an established actress, um, admittedly like one of the most beautiful women past 60, in my opinion. <laughs> and, I and, agree. <laughs> and, and she's uh, she's amazing. I, I grew up watching her and uh, still watch her now and still admire her and would love the opportunity to uh, talk to her and get her thoughts and opinions, uh, further expound on her thoughts and opinions in previous stories with other journalists where she's only touched upon it but um, was not really given the opportunity to you know, go into as much detail as I'm sure she would have liked to. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's well. She, you've been blocked, my man. You've been blocked. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the you've thing. Been, you've been blocked, and you don't want to say the name because if there's any opportunity for you to get, or, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you don't want to screw that up. By, you don't want to alienate anybody. That's the last thing I want to uh, do. You know, so I mean, it's like, but it's, you know, it's really silly. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of the publicist saying to their client, you know what. This is a you know this is a good way to get some stuff out there. If there's anything that you want to promote right now that might be personal or you know a cause, even if they're you know not doing a movie at the moment or not doing anything that they want publicized at the moment, um, you know there's always something that that public figure might want to get out there, right? Absolutely, absolutely, so. and I do believe this public figure has a lot that she would like to get off of her chest, but hasn't really been given the opportunity because again she's editorial in a world in a in a in a medium that is heavily you know uh, editorialized when it comes to print uh not only that she has a following you know regardless of whether regardless of where this is published and i've seen this individual stuff um published in and places that I know get far less traffic than than what it is we get, and um, if we're to be materialistic for a second, <laughs> far less attractive sites where where this material has ended up. Now, as to whether that's the source of, of the site, uh, the source of the the uh, the work, um, you know, I, I don't know, but. 
really in all actuality, you know, it's a few sentences, maybe a paragraph or two. I'm trying to get a real story. I'm trying to get a real conversation. People will follow this client of yours, publicist out there. People will follow your client wherever it is they have something written about them, whether it's positive or negative. They will follow them simply out of admiration for that client. I think it's extremely important that publicists realize that it's not so much the publication that is going to attract the reader. It's going to be the subject matter. In this case, we want the subject matter to be your client. So, you know, I'm not exactly seeing where the disconnect is there. I know it's hard. It's it's really baffling. Well, listen, we have to take another commercial break, and maybe in the last segment, which is coming up after this commercial break, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but Hopefully I just want to so. say I don't know, but I want everybody to check out um, Technorati. I want everybody to check out Brian Kane Jackson, and you know, really read his stuff because what you see is what you get, and it's really fantastic. The proof is in the writing. Stand by. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. And um, I really want to thank you, Brian, for spending so much time in this very articulate interview with educational information. And um, I wanted to ask you, you know, in this final segment, is there anything we left out, anything that you want to bring home, anything you want to say that's really important in summary? I, you know, um, just to kind of recap, exactly what it is we've been speaking about uh, for those who might just be tuning in. Uh, it's really extremely important that um, online journalism be taken seriously um, and being looked upon as, as more revered because uh, if it weren't 
if it weren't as serious or as an important a thing, then you wouldn't have the paper and magazine outlets, which right now, frankly, are suffering. You wouldn't have them following suit. You know, uh, they're all going online, too. They're all trying to convert to a paperless medium, and it's extremely difficult for them because it's going from a subscription-based, uh, you know, buy it off the newsstand at this price or subscribe to it on a weekly or monthly basis, whatever the case may be, to being a free publication. And the free publication has another way of, of going ahead and um, making you know, making its money, but the profitability aspect, that's not my department. But if it were not a viable form of getting the news across, if it were not a viable form of having real, true, truly uneditorialized conversations, real, genuine conversations, not staged, not prepped and primped and edited to be a certain way, uh, definitely not censored, extremely, in, especially in my case. None of my conversations have been cens- uh, censored. I can't speak for everybody on that. As far as, um, as far as all of this is concerned, you know, this is a viable source. It's extremely important that, that people be aware of that and be ready for when the paper business does start to suffer a little bit more of a tumble because, you know, right now uh, the magazine and, and newspaper industry is, is looking pretty bleak and pretty questionable. Um, a lot of bloggers and online journalists are getting the reads and getting the attention because they're just like you and I. They are real people who have real opinions, they have intellect, and they have readers you know, uh, and those readers have friends, and they will share it and share it and share it and share it, and it—it's just very, very viable. It's extremely important and crucial that these partnerships be developed and and be nurtured because they are um, beneficial to all parties involved. No, I, and I think that's that's very true and very well said, and. I couldn't say it better, so I'm just going to leave that the way that it is. I, you know, you comment about um, the media industry and the fact that it's changing. Um, look, I mean, you know, the New York Times admitted itself that by 2016, you know, it will. It's very possible that they'll be completely digital because, you know, they certainly. They, they know that the writing is on the wall. And I think that if we, you know, I don't know, you know, the exact timeline. I don't know, um, you know, if things have changed since that was talked about at a 2.0 conference in San Francisco. Um, but I think the New York Times will probably live on in its legendary ability to report news um, whether it's online or not, because they've been ahead of the game at getting into that forum. 
um, you know, they have asked their reporters to get digital. They have asked their reporters to start Twitter accounts. Um, their reporters, you know, um, are asked to engage on Twitter so they, they can learn to take what was the values and the reputation of the world's best news institution and take that flavor to a digital world. They didn't resist it. They, they took it as a very, they looked at it at a very, very serious part of their 10 year planning rather than being in denial about it. That's why they're going to be ahead of the game in the digital world. And there, and this, this is a fine example. This is a fine example of adjusting with the changing times, which is something that's extremely crucial for a lot of publicists out there. Um, I don't want these newspapers to die because I'm still a person who reads physical papers as opposed to looking at it um, on a tablet. You know, um, when I pick up a paper, uh, I see and I see something of interest. I I read it. I enjoy the tactile contact, but I do also realize that it's not always going to be there. But that doesn't mean that I want that institution to go away. I want that institution to, just like the rest of us continue to be enlightened, allow ourselves to approach the future with an open mind and be educated and learn that things will not always be the same and that it is crucial to survival that we adjust with those changes so that we can ensure the survival of good journalism, honesty, good reporting, good subject matter, great interviews, and, um, you know... And then just a word to the, I don't know if any of the newspaper people are reading, but stop controlling what your reporters say, because when they say it with their own voice, it's so much more powerful. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I think that's, you know, the good news organizations find a way to allow their reporters to interpret the story the way that they trust them to interpret the story. Absolutely. Um, you know, and again, we we know that there's great journalistic institutions out there and there are ones that are already falling by the wayside. You saw, we've seen in the magazine industry in particular that so many publications had to close down. They don't exist anymore. They, they tried to do an online version, but they couldn't figure out how to build a business model into it, and that's really unfortunate for them. Um, the magazines that weren't able to survive were the ones who really just saw online reporting as a simple promotion for what was going on in their paper publications, and that is not what online journalism is about. And it took Playboy Enterprises a very, very long time to measure how Playboy.com was going to be able to connect with the readers that it already had with the magazine. And so much thought and so much research went into this. But early on in the online game, I mean, you know, this was in the 90s that, you know, Playboy really began to, you know, give a lot of consideration to how to keep that reader who might not go out and buy a magazine anymore, okay, but would be interested in the Playboy culture and what Playboy had to say. And boy, they did a it, they did a really really good job and a, a really ahead of the game, really ahead of it. So you have to give kudos to an institution that had been around doing publishing for, you know, 35 to 40 years before everything went digital and then 
accepted the fact that they had to go through a different transition that, you know, was very, very different than just copying what the magazine had to say and throwing it up online. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are, you know, you can, you can engage your online readers to read your physical publication. You can, uh, engage your, your, um, physical publication readers to, um, find out more online. And that's an excellent, excellent thing. Too often I'm seeing the same thing that I see in the paper. It's the same thing on the net. And let me tell you, that's, that's not productive. That to me, I'm sorry to say it, but it's lazy. And I see it, a well, lot of it. It's, it's lazy and it's, uh, it's really a formula for disaster. Well, listen, we have to end this show. Brian, why does our hour always go so fast? Because time flies when you're having fun, darling. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like it just went so fast. I mean, it's like I, I just can't believe it. I, where did this hour fly? I, I just can't believe it. But you had a very, very busy morning yourself. As you said, I'm very, very impressed by you. And now Thank you have you. to, like, go to work. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're, you're incredible. But we have to talk later when you have a moment. So We you know. will. We will. Uh, but um, listen, this should be uploaded pretty soon by our fine friends at Voice America. And you know where to find it because we've gone through this route before. Um, you know, and uh, share it with your friends. I know I will share it with mine. And um, I want to tell all of my listeners um, that this show is something that you really have to listen to in terms of hearing a fantastic journalist giving tips on how to get a story out there, particularly with the opportunities in this world of digital journalism, this wild, wild, wild west of digital journalism where, you know, the game is being reinvented, but there's so many opportunities and I really encourage people to go to technorati.com and take a look at the words from Brian Kane Jackson. He's an amazing individual. So thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. All right. Well, I will talk to everybody next week when we have um, figure skater and former Disney on ice, Aladdin, um, Jonathan DePaz, one of my favorite athletic trainers, and I want everybody to tune in. And, um, Brian, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Cindy. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye,